face-to-face contact, right? Wait. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm about to go back to bartending, and I'm not, and I'm have to wear a mask. I can't even like smile. At, you know, like you still have face, so I'll be face to face, but like you're gonna lose half your facial expressions, right? Mm. You're pretty good at uh, you're pretty good at twinkling your eyes, though, right? <laughs> I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, just to say, like, I notice a big difference. So, like, I usually have facial hair, and uh-huh. I notice that when my facial hair is longer, like, I smile at people and they don't notice it. And I notice, like, I have, I literally can tell that if I just trim my facial hair a little bit back, I'll notice, like, for, like the few days after that, that I'm, oh, suddenly, like, I smile and people are really quick to smile back. And when my hair is longer, they don't. And like, oh, okay, I think. That my whole face is smiling, but they're they're not seeing that or something. I don't know. It's uh, it's not that important, but I just to say, like I am. It's a factor, you know. This whole yeah. thing is, um, as you say, flustered. I mean, I they they want me to go. They want me to start on Monday. Like they they well, called me today to say like, oh well, you know. Um. Yeah. So this is it's just crazy. It seemed like it. Wow, did they? So I got your email there saying 10 days ago. Has that been 10 days? Or no. no. Nope, so they've nope, sped that nope. up now, too. Oh. So the bar technically can't open till the 15th. So that was, that was the 10 days that I was talking about. Um, but, see, basically, the government gave all these small business loans with the caveat. That if they rehire all their staff, it's just, it's a payroll based, right? It's payroll protection mm. is the is the legality of it. So if they can bring back ninety percent of their workforce, then that loan becomes a grant, and they don't have to pay it back. Oh, okay. So they are incentivized to rehire and reopen, even though. <laughs> right so it's like literally it's this bribe of like hey we're gonna give you this money if you if you want to keep it you have to do this thing so their point was like the whole like, come on come to work on monday They're like hey come to work we'll pay you this week to come in and just clean the building and like get it ready for opening for customers and stuff like that they, he's like we want to get you 40 hours in this week because then they can show oh we're doing this thing and they get paid. Mm. It has nothing to do with fucking coronavirus. Like the, like the whole like idea of protections is just like totally out the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess so. But, uh, it's like that part obviously is is not so good. But the uh, the fact that they're even considering um, companies hiring back, like providing money if they hire back everybody. I guess that's good, you know. It's um, sure, sure. And, and again, I wanted I wanted to be back at work. You know, when we did the April 11th ritual, I mean the the majority mm-hmm. of my energy was focused on like reclaiming my summer job basically. Mm-hmm. Um like that's it's it's I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. It's however, it's completely manipulative. Again, this is not this is done under the guise of helping small businesses, but it's it's 
it's so not that. Like the way this is being utilized is complete manipulation of the workforce. It's to get me off. So like literally they're saying, hey, oh, these places are reopened and you can go back. Oh, you don't feel comfortable going back? Well, then you don't get unemployment. You're off the go, right? So it's like we don't want to. Oh, so that's the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's like mm. you don't. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to come back, but then you lose your unemployment. So do you, mm. you want to be out of a job? Oh, I see. Okay, that's right. The other side so like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like it's well, a... you you go back into this place that we're we'll figure out, and like I I think I would be less upset. Just to say for me, and I want to try and talk to my boss. I don't think there's any way to convince them otherwise. But I think, you know, we just had all these these protesters coming out and, you know, doing all this shit. Mm-hmm. Why don't we wait 14 days after that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, uh, yeah. cool. And if they're and if 14 days and everything's fine, then they're right. Great, they're right. But if I go back to work and who's going to be showing up on the first day of opening bars, those fucking people, <laughs> right? so the people who are, are like, have not been wearing masks. Like I went to the supermarket today. I haven't been in two weeks. I went and like half the people weren't wearing anything. And it's just like, okay, like it's back. It's done. Like that's the mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's obvious you know, that governments just want to reopen. I, yeah. I think just people in general. It's it's. Uh, I I think I think a new phase has been reached. Like the governments are just thinking, we can't shut it down for any longer, no matter what it is or how strong it is. And we've just got to, uh, we just got to let it run. So I'm I'm. I think they'll try to do the China thing basically, and and uh, stop testing people, stop classifying deaths as COVID. You know. Um, just kind of sweep it under the the table as as much as they can. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you won't you won't have any idea how how strong it was, and then and then of course all the people who've been shouting hoax all this time will say, "See, <laughs> yeah." Um, a video on the pandemic hoax conspiracy yeah. theories, you know, probably oh, yeah. come from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely it has it has reached uh, a mainstream level. Um, this particularly this video, this pandemic video is really interesting how that's that's spreading, and um, but again, you know what I what I don't I was talking to Doug earlier, and I'm like, to me, the obvious like in the last few weeks, total manipulation of numbers to downplay the numbers and reopen the economy. Like that's a conspiracy. Yeah. What, right. What, like, what examples do you have of that? Uh, well, so like the, uh, there was a thing uh, last week of like the CDC lowering its death number, which I think is actually a sort of misrepresentation of data. So I saw this number getting circulated, and I I don't want to go too far into it because I didn't fully research it. Mm-hmm. But what it appears to me is that I saw all these conspiracy theorists saying, "Oh, hey, look, CDC just removed like thirty thousand deaths from their official total, and that basically was all bullshit to begin with." 
Oh, I, uh, and, I, C- I and CDC I, is saying, oh, there was a lag time in reporting, and these were like estimates and blah blah blah. I did see that. I thought I thought what it was is that uh, um, it was like yeah, it was like ten thousand. They said it was like ten thousand of people who died just from COVID nineteen, and these other deaths were attributed to that, but probably due to comorbidities or whatever. Correct. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a way to uh, reclassify the death. Exactly. So basically, the conspiracy theorists jumped on saying, "Oh, look, these numbers disappeared." And it's like, no, the deaths just didn't disappear. If you look, they have a separate column that says, "Like these amount of people who died from COVID, these are the amount of people who died from COVID and pneumonia." Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, those yeah. just they just moved it to another column. Right. Yeah. So, so that's uh, my okay. point. So, it's so you, it's a manipulation. So you, it's a it's just fudging the books, or it's it's a, just a manipulation of data. It's it's the classic idea of I can make those numbers say anything I want. Mm-hmm. So if I want to make them say that they're really high and oh my god coronavirus, I can do that. And if I want to make it say they're really well and it's fine, go back to work, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's my point. But I'm saying like the idea that oh, moving this is a proof that it was a hoax all along. It's like. Or it's just as well a proof of a conspiracy that the industrial class doesn't give a shit about you, bud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, that you know, it's always a conspiracy. You know, the billionaires on your side. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. It, and uh, yeah, the fact the fact that this hoax or nothing burger conspiracy has been is is so active. Like, there's got to be something behind it. I, I just don't trust it. Like I, I'm, I'm in a constant argument with a friend of mine here, a constant debate about it, and he's convinced it's a, it's a, it's a hoax or at least a very weak virus, and he brings all these things up, but uh, um, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit all the pieces, you know. It doesn't fit all the data. Like there's a, there's a lot to go with that, you know. I can, I can understand what they're saying about. Uh, the tests aren't accurate and there's a ton of false positives and, and then people are misdiagnosed and, and possibly the ventilators even kill people and all of that, you know, but on top of it, there's, yeah, there's, there's upticks of excess deaths all the way through all the, all these countries who, who got the virus. So you can, you can see at least they've died of something and um, <laughs> in excess to what they usually do. Can I ask you a question? This the pandemic video that's going around, they, part of that, the part you, that's, you, it's basically, it's a three point, I, I watched, I watched um, an abbreviated, so apparently it's like a full film. Yeah, I haven't seen it I, yet. I haven't seen the full film, but a, an abbreviated like 12 minute clip or whatever, and I, I watched it. And... Um, now I'm seeing this woman's this this whole thing being spread pretty far and wide. Uh, after looking at that, I, I, so I see people sharing on Facebook all day, all night. But here's the thing: it's a three point sort of idea of what she's saying. And one of the well, one of the bullet points that people are really the the particularly American I don't know what you'd call it neo conservative sort of you know, the reopeners and, and the, the hoaxers and all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't even mean that in a derogatory way. I'm just like, I don't know how, what to call that group. Um, they're latching on to this one point that she says, 
that the mask, wearing a mask, is worse for you because you're going to be breathing in all this carbon monoxide and that you're killing yourself and that you, there's all these diseases that come from just breathing it in on yourself and that you're, like, basically, like, the dangers of mask wearing. And all I can think about, and the reason I want, when I was mentioning this to you is because I've been to Asia, you live in Asia. <laughs> That's not a, a thing. It's not a thing that, like, you can't wear a mask or you're going to die. Oh, everybody's wearing a mask. Right. If you, <laughs> if you have a bad face day, you wear a mask. Right. So what is, like, I, I'm taking major issue with that. Like, how the fuck is that? That's part of the, it's, that's part of the, and that's part of the, that scares me. If wearing the mask is part of the conspiracy, then if I'm like, you know, if there is an actual, so if there is a virus and you refuse to wear a mask, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, and, and, and wouldn't the you other just thing... wear, yeah, sorry, go ahead, yeah. Uh, sorry. The other thing behind that is that uh, at the beginning, like WHO, CDC, all these governments around the world were saying that there's no point to wear a mask. You know, uh, it doesn't it doesn't do much, and it might. Yeah, they they were saying it, it could be harmful as well. Like that that was the story from the beginning, like in February, March, even. Um, really? Okay. I never heard that the, the that they said it could make it worse. I heard so, them say it wouldn't be effective. I didn't, never heard worse. Yeah, I, um, I said a lot. Of, like I, I said, governments and CDC and WHO. I'm not really sure where I heard that from, but the, that was one of the arguments floating around. Um, but uh, it's it's similar to what they were saying. Again, uh, WHO and a lot of governments and the media um, back in February uh, that this thing was no worse than the flu, you know? Um, and so that, that's what makes me skeptical, skeptical of the whole thing is because the same people that these hoax conspiracy theorists are saying, um, are behind this, this whole conspiracy, right? At the beginning, these guys were saying, no, don't worry about it. It's no worse than the flu. You know, it's, it's almost as if that's where this idea came from originally. It's from these guys. Um, so I, I don't know, right from the start when I heard the, uh, the hoax stuff, it's like, I think this is covering up something bigger, you know? Um, it seems to me the same as, uh, the, the crisis actor stuff, you know, every, every time there's a, there's a mass shooting or right. something and, and people come up with a crisis actor and, and what it does is it, uh, it just repels people from looking into it deeper because it seems absurd um and it ends up covering something else that may have happened like maybe it was some sort of a false flag event or something or, or set up by intelligence organizations but if you if you if you go far enough and say no it was all it was all hoax it didn't happen at all you know um then you you, you just don't look deeper into it you know? So I, I'm wondering if it's a similar kind of thing uh, that that I I sort of lean towards the idea that it, it was a uh, it it was the virus was 
constructed. Uh, it was basically it was something like the SARS, the original SARS virus, with a gain of function um, to make it more uh, more contagious and more harmful. And somehow it was released from this lab in Wuhan. It might have been an accident. The Chinese government tried to cover it up for quite a long time, it seems like. Um, eventually, they had to own up to it. And then you have countries all around China, uh, Mongolia, North Korea, Russia, Vietnam, closing the borders immediately. You know, um, Even at the same time, while all these other governments, like in the West, were saying, oh, it's no big deal. Um, so governments were saying one thing, but they were doing another thing. Uh, close, closing borders, stopping people from uh, traveling. Um, so it seems from that, like it's, it's, it's a reaction as if they knew this big thing was happening. They knew that something big fucked up and they had to uh, put, it, put a lid on it, basically try to stop it. Um, so... Yeah, as opposed to it being like a, a hoax or a nothing burger, I think they they really thought, at least initially, that it was a quite a big deal. For sure, yeah. And now, I mean, the question is like, what do we? There was um, a few different headlines that I saw just in the last few hours that are saying, oh, a new mutation of the coronavirus is potentially more contagious, or yeah. you know, it's like so putting that out at the timing of reopenings is that just to kind of like keep the fear machine going or is it like hey now you get wave two i don't you know i I just can't even wrap my head around it it's like there's so many yeah so many so many sides to like playing off each other yeah that's right like there could be that could be a story to sort of help uh, explain what happens when people do get sick, <laughs> you know? Right. See, it's another, uh, it's another strain. Um, oh, we, exactly. Oh, we were right. It really was, you know, we, were, we thought we could reopen because it wasn't that bad, but actually it's mutated and now it's this or, right. you know, it's not this person's fault or whatever. Um, or, I mean, like, I, I, I will be just as, you know, imp- in a way impressed or, or whatever, like, if we reopen and nothing seems to be happening, that is that is totally a viable. Like I'm interested in that. Well, oh, I, we we you know we did this we did this for quote unquote nothing again and and by nothing let's be very clear. It's not nothing. Um, it's again, the the maybe if we're not seeing the deaths, we we're anticipating that still doesn't mean there weren't deaths or, or that those deaths aren't being covered up again. Like as I said, those deaths on the CDC didn't reclassifying those deaths doesn't make it better or worse. It's just another finagling of the numbers. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I hope it, <laughs> I hope they can open it up. And it doesn't come again. I would love that, but uh... that's what I'm saying. I would, in a, in the most fucked, like, even though the people, I would love it if every Trump supporting reopen person was 100 percent right in this case that it's a yeah, big me... fucking nothing. That would be great. Yeah, of course, too, that'd be great too. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm totally willing to 
eat crow or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, uh, is that a COVID pun? <laughs> it could be. I I, uh, I just don't trust that. I, I I'm suspicious of that. Like I'm not. It, it's not as if I'm terrified of the virus. I go I go it every day. I bike for about an hour every day without a mask. Um, go to the beach, you know, and I'm not really terrified. Of it. Japan doesn't have a strict lockdown policy even now, so it's not as if we've been forced to do anything against our wills. Um, when you go to the supermarket, do you wear a mask? I do. I, if I go inside, I, I do. Just um, out of uh, out of consideration more than anything else. So, like, there's, there's no legal... Um, pressure here in Japan, like they can't arrest you for anything, but uh, there is a kind of cultural pressure, you know. Um, so if everybody in there is wearing a mask, you want to wear a mask too, um, right? Well, it's it's so interesting. I feel like here the cultural pressure is the opposite. So okay, I've gone to the supermarket basically every like two weeks, and it was really interesting to watch the trend of like, oh, I'm the only person in here wearing a mask. And feeling kind of silly. But I was like, it was in the beginning, it was like, I already lost, the first time I wore a mask to the supermarket, it was like, I've already lost my job. I can't afford to fucking get, like, I have to take this seriously. I'm going to. I can't afford to get sick. I, You know, whatever. So, um, and everyone's kind of looking at me look weird. Next time I went back, everyone's got a fucking mask on. And I'm like, oh, okay, two weeks, what a difference. Everybody in this fucking supermarket's wearing a mask. Um... Mm. Then last time I went, uh, I would say about half. And then this time I went and I would say less than half. Mm. So I saw, and what I noticed today was that more employees were wearing masks. Mm. But I noticed that no other customer was. I'm sorry, one, I did see one guy wearing a mask, one customer wearing a mask. Yeah, uh, here there's kind of, they've built these kind of plexiglass uh, glass uh, shields around the cashiers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you see this thing I just posted? This is from. Uh, on a, now, yeah. yeah. It's just it's it, this is interesting. It's just showing the amount of excess deaths, whatever whatever they are. Right. Like around yearly, the world. this is how many deaths we expect. Mm-hmm. In... Hmm. That is very interesting. I want to. I'd have to sit with that a little bit longer. Okay, here's a. Now mm-hmm. seeing a combined data that that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, so the, the by country, it's sort of a little. It just it's not you know it's it's inconsistent. Like some places have a bigger spike than others. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not it. Yeah, it just shows that. Almost everywhere there is a spike, but in. Uh, some places it's a lot less, and some places it's higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some places it's a lot higher. Uh, gotcha. So this is not um, not necessarily just COVID nineteen deaths. It's just sure, sure, sure. In, it's just saying, general. right? But this is if we see this is how many people die every year, mm-hmm. and yes, there. This is what a flu season looks like because I'm looking at this one right here. Weekly estimated number of deaths aggregate of uh, Euromomo participating countries right. to week ending April 18th, right? So you see, okay, 
2017, yeah, we did have 70,000 people die in January. Yeah. And then, but in this year, there's a huge spike in, uh, right, in exactly. April. Yeah. Um, That's, it has up to 80, almost 87,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it just, That's interesting. It just, yeah, it's very interesting. It just indicates that something was happening. But the, the other, exactly. the other thing, um, the other thing people point to is because of, because of all these lockdowns, etc. Uh, other deaths that probably normally would occur have not been occurring, like like car accidents for one thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like how many car accidents, how many automobile-related fatalities have not occurred because people have not been driving as much um and etc like just going out and having just random accidents altogether you know like uh um, i do know and that's that's a really interesting i like uh just to say like adding that into the conversation because i've heard almost the opposite from uh again from the sort of like reopen side I, i feel like i need to say that better but uh the freedom, the freedom fighters. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, That's what they want to call themselves. Yeah. Which is fine. I, I, I sort of support yeah. them. I, if I was in the States and I was forced to be locked down, I would have a different attitude completely. I, I might be with them. Well, here's, here's I, you know, yeah. Well, I wrote this last night. Uh, I'm going to read this to you. Um um, we are not the same, you and I. I wanted Obama out because he bombed and wiretapped. You wanted him out because he looked so different you couldn't believe he was born here. One of those arguments is consistent with freedom and liberty. One of those is racist bullshit. If a man with any amount of black blood in him kneels in silent protest, you call him disgraceful. Yet you have no qualms about getting armed and traveling to personally shout and threaten to defend your point of view. Now here, this might be a surprise to you, but I support your right to get armed and personally threaten politicians. I absolutely think there is a time and a place for torches and pitchforks. But hey, if you aren't going to let black people protest when they are murdered on film and then mocked by the very police that kill them, if you don't think that's worthy of taking out your AK-47 and defending your fellow man, then we are not the same. You either believe in freedom and liberty for everyone, or you don't. If locking Americans in their homes for two months upsets you, maybe you should be protesting ICE camps and the prison industrial complex. And don't you dare respond by pointing out that Obama detained more children than Trump. Yes, Obama was terrible. His detaining of children was terrible. If Trump does that, he is therefore also terrible. That is how consistent morals are applied. Of course, no one understands moral consistency anymore. Watching Democrats excuse the actions of a serial sexual abuser, watching them throw all their principles aside for someone who doesn't represent their interests, who actively shuts down any and every chance to even pretend to represent their interests, watching Democrats defend this piece of shit who wrote the Patriot Act and the crime bill, not even for run-of-the-mill political corruption, but to defend him for rape, the most horrible of crimes after hurting children, is exactly what I hear every time some Trump apologist defends putting kids in prison camps, the most horrible of crimes, because Obama did it too. 
<laughs> if you fit either of these caricatures, look across the aisle at your mirror image. You're both just as bad and just as morally bankrupt, and the other team doing it too is no longer an acceptable response. I don't want to hear a damn thing but the Christian morality of QAnon or the smugly superior bleeding heart left who couldn't find a drop of blood or even a single tear for Tara Reid or the principles of libertarian freedom fighters defending the Constitution. If you can't figure out how to apply the same principles to your neighbor as you expect to get for yourself, you need to reevaluate how moral or principled you really are. Mm, that's good. Um, yeah, are you, are you uh, planning to put that out somewhere? That, that might be part of the script for... Uh, um, I, I wasn't sure if it was too... I don't know, aggressive, but that's what came out. I, I was supposed to be writing this script for this fourth episode video, but this is what was coming out, which is really um, a topic of the fifth episode. Mm. So I was like, well, I'm going to get it down on paper while it's in my head. Um, but just to say, yeah, you, when you said that, it's like, I, I, I get the whole freedom fighter, like, don't you dare lock me up. But again, if if you think, you know, like, I saw a great meme today, and it was just really summed it up. It was like, it showed a picture of the ICE detention camps, and it said, uh, it showed a quote, someone saying, um, basically calling these concentration camps is uh, fear-mongering and exaggeration. And then it shows like four white people in a living room sitting on the tv and it says like tyranny you know this is tyranny <laughs> right so it's like again i i'm i'm on that side of like yeah don't you dare tell me what i can and can't do i, I and i even support armed protest not just protests but armed protests mm -hmm. um just i think what gets people to what gets certain people up in arms is very revealing. It's uh, the only problem with memes like that, uh, and what I like them in general, right? But the only I, the problem I see with them is that even before they're made, they're making the assumption that uh, there's a larger a larger amount of people who believe both things. You know that that group actually exists. Um, so you're already, to make that meme, you're already falling into the us versus them kind of dynamics, right? Because you're, you're assuming that those people who are against lockdown are also pro-ICE, you know? Um, and that might not be the case, you know, like that, uh, maybe, well, maybe there, maybe there are some people like that, but you, right. you can't, you can't really make the... So just to say, uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair not to overgeneralize. And again, I, I, I would, again, for myself, I'm opposed to mandatory lockdown and mandatory vaccinations. And I'm not one of, the, you know, I'm not uh, pro-ICE or anything. But the, I've, I've looked at, you know, looking at these protests and wanting to be sympathetic and uh, and I mean that in the sense of like, I, I I have I have I actually am incredibly sympathetic to the the drive to and and the, the overall like hey you you know you're you're making these decisions for me for my body for my business for my everything 
fuck you. And I, I have massive sympathy for that. Um, but there are a lot of Trump banners. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are a lot of Trump banners. And I, wa- I was like watching a video the other day that someone shared that was like um, somebody I know who isn't a Trump supporter shared a video from one of the protests. And she was like, you know, sort of moved by this man's speech. And I'm watching this speech, and it's a at a protest where there's a guy on a mega, you know, megaphone bullhorn, and he is uh, saying he's that he's ex-military, he's a veteran, and he's talking to all the police there, and he's like, you know, it's your pay, you know, you think about what you're doing, and this is, you know, you you signed an oath to the Constitution, and you know, and and all the things that I I've been at those protests, I've gone with libertarians to protest police and and using those lines and all that sort of stuff. But then suddenly he's like, and you know, uh, you know, we're, this isn't a political thing. This isn't a Republican or a Democrat thing. It's not like that. But our governor, our Democratic governor is saying this stuff about Donald Trump and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so then this is about <laughs> You just said yeah. this. It's, it's like, I'm not racist, but did you notice? You know, it's like, this isn't about Republicans or Democrats, but God damn, if she ain't a Democratic cunt and Donald Trump isn't great. And it's like, well, OK, then fuck you, dude. Um, again, and that's 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 actually what inspired this writing more than that meme was. Um, he, it's I, I have so. So I. I I have so many people that I'm friends with on Facebook that either I ran when I ran with that sort of libertarian crowd that I'm still friends with or people that as they come into cons- like, would you agree that sort of like libertarianism is the unspoken philosophy of the conspiracy movement? Um, yeah, the conspiracy, the conspiracy light movement you know not mm-hmm. like if you <laughs> if you get further and further into it um it just it becomes anti-semitic you know it's like uh um oh sure 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 but uh, yeah i'm talking about like um, your alex joneses your um ba- basically if anyone who sees himself as part of the patriotic movement mm-hmm. yeah yeah the, yeah right. libertarian or conservative you know um <laughs> but uh yeah, as I said, if you get deeper into it, it's it's uh, it's basically it it goes right back to the protocols of the elders of Zion. Sure. Essentially, you know, it's like a it's 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 coming down to the same thing. Either it's the cultural Marxists and or the Zionists or the globalists, and who are these people? You know, you, eventually you've got to call them on that. It's like who? Well, who are these globalists? You know, and it's like, <laughs> well, they're the bankers. You know, well, who are the bankers? You know, that's not to say the bankers are are great. Like I'm against, I'm opposed to the bankers and the, the central bankers too, right? But it, it's like uh, that all seems to slide unless you're really uh, like I'm not saying every conspiracy theorist does this. You know, there's a lot of really intelligent people out there who who think that there are conspiracies and justifiably me too, but. Uh, it's like uh, if you go deeper into it and you think there's one big conspiracy, it's like, uh, yeah, who are these people? Um, and it, uh, 
a lot of times it turns out to be the Jews <laughs> if you go right into it. You know, uh, that's what uh, like when I was deep into this in in um, like when like two thousand six and seven and eight, like getting deeper and deeper into conspiracy theory. You just it, it gets it gets deeper and darker, and eventually it leads to these places. Um, like, oh, you don't believe in uh, 9-11. Um, why would you believe in the Holocaust? You know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then if if you get to the point where you're questioning all of history, then it's like, well, yeah, maybe there's something to that. You know, it's like you, uh, maybe Hitler wasn't as bad as, <laughs> as, as they say he was um, because he was trying to rid uh Germany of this um basically parasitic uh banker caste um that's controlling everything and causing the wars basically essentially what Ezra Pound believed in right um Ezra Pound had an excuse because he didn't know the horror of World War II until afterwards but like people now they should know more about the history um well so okay i uh, in 2007 or so, yeah, it's going to be 2007, 2008, maybe it's 2008, doesn't matter. I was with a, a libertarian activist group in a hotel room. We, it was like an overnight, like I don't remember where we traveled to, and a bunch of us all stayed in the same hotel, and we're just hanging out at night in the hotel room, and... This woman, we get into a conversation. She brings up Pound. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, there was this guy. The way she settled the story, she's like, oh, there was this guy. And he he gets put in prison because he is is trying to expound all these conspiracy theories and lay out who did what. And they put him in prison for it. They put him in a mental institution, said he was crazy. And she goes, and then... Some people on the outside trying to help him out, like they look into it, and it turns out he was right, and they had to let him go because he was right. Now, that's a misrepresentation of how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, to her, him getting out of a mental institution was validation for his claims. Yeah, he wasn't... Um... He was getting charged with treason, basically, because right. um, he was doing uh, basically pro-fascist propaganda on Rome radio in English directed towards uh, the UK and the US. Precisely, um, yeah. So it was like, a, and then his charge... Almost like an enemy, uh, yeah, exactly, not like a, not a combatant, but a, an agent of these other forces. Uh, if you're yeah. just giving information or saying these things about our forces, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So he he was trying to get yeah, he was trying to get UK and American soldiers especially to uh to join the fascist movement. You know, like it's direct treason. And it just happens that, that his when it I mean it doesn't just happen. That's his whole philosophy, but it, it's like uh um the the Rome radio broadcasts are also virulently uh, anti-Semitic, like like terrible to read. You you read you read that stuff, 
um, in comparison to Pound's poetry, and you think, wow, how can this be the same person? But uh, but it really was that that kind of idea. I, I've, recently, I've been trying to trace it in his in his thought, and it goes right back to the original part of his career. Um, not not so much anti-Semitism, but this idea that uh, everything should be clear and should be in a, a definite categories, and there should be no kind of muddying of the waters or the categories. Um, so eventually, that's what he thought usury was doing: is trying to break down these categories, make language muddy, um, and he felt that uh, the users were using that to uh, um, to confuse people and basically to control them. That's 1984, right? In a, in a way, uh, Newspeak. It's <laughs> yeah. I guess, well, I, I'm just, um, just to say, like the that idea that language is the the control of language is the method of uh, the oppressor is not in itself anti-Semitic. Uh, but then when you say these horrible Jews are doing it. That's that's when it becomes. Yeah, yeah. That, so finally, uh, Ginsburg meets with with uh, Pound in uh, in Venice. This is in like '67 or something. A long time afterwards, and uh, so Ginsburg, gay Jewish activist, meeting Pound, who and Pound was his hero, like his poetic hero, um, but. According to Ginsburg, during that meeting, Pound denounces his own anti-Semitism. He said it, said it was a stupid suburban prejudice, and he totally regretted it. And his whole analysis, Ginsburg said, your analysis was right. You know, your basic analysis on, on usury was right. And and then Pound goes one step further and says, well, uh, basically, I, I left out greed. It's not usury that's a problem. It's It's greed that's a problem. Um, so he, I hope that's true. Like I, I'm pretty sure it is. Like I'm pretty sure Ginsburg's account is is correct. Like there are there are fascist pound supporters who say that that didn't happen at all. You know, but I think Ginsburg was right, and I think uh, Pound did end up. Pound was intelligent enough to know that he had made a big mistake. Sure, but I also um, and I'm. I guess the once you're once you're on room radio spouting all these things, that's that's more than a silly suburban prejudice. That's not like you're a guy watering his driveway in the fifties and going like, eh, I'd prefer my daughter didn't date a Jew. That's a <laughs> suburban prejudice, you know. Uh, I think yeah, you meant. So I think. I think you meant it's. It stemmed from know, that. You know, I like know, it, I know, kind of I like know. A, But I, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, he, he was. He was fully, uh, fully fascist at that time. But the strange thing about him is that he also approached Lenin in um, in the Soviet Union, and he wanted to. Uh, he wanted Lenin to 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 take his economic ideas seriously. Um, and he, he approached Lenin, he, he approached the Soviets way before uh, the fascists. So if Lenin, if the Russian government had have accepted his his plan, he wouldn't be fascist at all, I guess. 
And right. he approached he approached the American government as well with the, the same ideas. Um. So yeah, he's a very strange guy. Well, like I think you're hitting the nail on the head, though, right? Because this is how that works. So he says, "Hey, this is what I think the problem is," and then he goes to a bunch of different groups of people, and then there finally is someone who agrees with him, and they say, "You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right." And where does usury come from? The fucking Jews, mm, and yeah. they are able to twist it that way. It to me that is the same as what we see within the conspiracy realms today of like, hey, we all know that there's corruption and lying and fake news and, um, you know, whether that's 9-11, okay, we, we all agree it's an, you know, this is not the right story or if it's just the day-to-day -day like bullshit and, and political manipulation, wherever you are in that spectrum, it's the idea that we all see a problem. We all agree that there's this thing. And then we're looking for someone to take us seriously. Oh, uh, instead of calling us crazy, here comes Alex Jones or Jeff Rents or, you know, David Icke, whomever. And they say, absolutely, man. Hey, I'm with you. I understand. You're not crazy. <laughs> By the way, did you, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right that this is a problem. But, you know... You're only like 70% right because you're missing a piece here. Let me tell you about these Jewish reptile people or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the other yeah. part to this, like, uh, is, yeah, who's funding, who's funding the reopen protests, you know? So if, if, the, if, the, claim, if the claim from the right towards left-wing protests as it's all fund by, funded by Soros, um, then you could look into these protests too. And a lot of this, a lot of the money for it is coming from the uh, DeVos family, you know, the, the, Amway, the Amway family. And uh, Betsy DeVos is the secretary of the U.S. Department of Education. Her mm -hmm. brother is Eric Prince, who was the uh, founder of Blackwater? Um, now, now, now XE, or are they going to change the name again? Right? Yeah, yeah. I think he he might have left before they changed it to XE, but now he's in another. Uh, oh, yeah. Now it's called Academy, but now mm. he's in a he's in another group called, uh, or he started. He heads uh, another company called the the Frontier Resource Group, and. They're basically mercenaries who protect Chinese businessmen in Africa. You know, it's like, so wait a minute. This is These are the people who are behind the uh, reopen the economy uh, protests, you know, uh, yeah. which, which is like, <laughs> like apparently the, the, the virus was a hoax from the Chinese and the WHO and Bill Gates and all these people. And now you've got this guy, Eric Prince, behind it and he heads a group that's supporting Chinese businessmen in Africa you know <laughs> like so uh, yeah so what's the, what's the motivation here but so when you said earlier like hey you know if you were in America you might 
also be joining these protests and me saying, hey, I have massive sympathy for these protests. You know, to to say why why I'm uneasy, this this is the thing. It's like it's not that the necessarily the inclination or the principle is wrong. Right? Of course you should be principled and defend your freedoms and, and all these sorts of things. But so exa- uh, this is another great example of why um why these are are somewhat nerve-wracking times is because i can't just feel like oh i i want to i don't support these folks yeah folks that i or there are folks that i see pushing this agenda like it so clearly is a movement and 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 i think they would they would themselves say like yeah right i mean everyone likes to feel like they're part of a movement so they're like Suddenly, I see all the all the QAnon shit got quiet for a minute because it's like, mm-hmm. remember, they were supposed to be arresting all the rapists, and instead, they're just letting them all out of jail. <laughs> you know, so instead of addressing that fact, they just move right along to some other issue and just pretend like that never fucking happened. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So this there's a reason why, like. I'm really hesitant why I have these boundaries is that, yeah, there is, we are, can see the funding, not just in their languages and, and who do I see sharing these things, but um, you can actually go trace the money and see how it benefits them. Like that's, that's it. Like, that's why I, I said to you at the beginning, I was like, this too is a, consp- it's not that I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just disagree with what the conspiracy is. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, or, the, or that I see multiple, you know, sort of um, methods of manipulation being played at the same time. Yeah, me too. That's exactly my point as well. Um, so, yeah, when I say I would join them, I'd, I'd probably, yeah, more so join them in spirit um, or resist in a different way. You know, uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to be affiliated with with people who are Trump supporters or people who are being manipulated by these groups. Um, I, I guess the, the group behind, like the big sort of umbrella, umbrella organization behind this is the Council for National Policy, which is the uh, kind of the conservative answer to the CFR. Exactly. Um, and I wonder what, uh, who was the guy who did um, The Secret Right? I was just—I was just looking into that because I was quoting that in my uh, in uh, in my blog in that in the in the book chapter. Uh, that's Josh Josh Reeves. Yeah, in- Josh interesting Reeves. guy. Um, and that's that's really good research. And he still—it seems like the only person who's really doing that kind of research. So he's talking about how groups like that and earlier groups really created the whole sort of right-wing conspiracy culture from the beginning and and these groups have ties back to like christian zionists and the jesuits and and the whole like uh um the whole sort of globalist conspiracy <laughs> right from the start you know so it's not as if it's uh like john birch society all that yeah, yeah. john birch society for sure um so yeah, it's not as if 
they're escaping that, you know. It's like, yeah, they definitely... Yeah, the argument that I have with my friend is, is like, he's always using the media as a sort of gauge to determine what the elite are thinking. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the media is saying one thing, then he'll take an opposite stand. He'll say, yeah, that's what they're pushing, therefore the opposite must be true. But I don't think that's how it works anymore, if it ever did, you know? Like, if it's if they control multi-million dollar uh, TV networks, then of course they control websites that can channel web traffic for just a few thousand dollars, you know? Um, it's easy to do that. Um, so the whole the whole sort of milieu of vol- the so-called alternative uh, research is 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 all it's it's um it's being manipulated constantly, you know. I mean that that's just it, and and so you know it's the idea of like well the media is all lies, but then you know. It's it's oh god it's so such an old fucking argument but like you would say like Alex Jones be like hey look ABC reports blah 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 so therefore they're admitting it's true but you just said ABC in this other article you just said like look ABC says this and that's clearly him lying <laughs> so is your idea that they are if it makes mainstream news it is valid info or if are you saying the whole thing is a sham? And if you want to have flexibility there, I, of course, I, I, I think I want to um, – I don't want to make it a black and white issue, but it's funny how it's never presented as like, hey, let's read between the lines, let's whatever. Or in this case, I think it's just literally like, look at ABC News lying about blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know. But then you're going to turn around and use that same mainstream article to validate your theory. Um, it's very strange, but that's that's been the case for many years now. Yeah, um, yeah, I think now what I see, what's really interesting, is to see this sort of new wave of. I mean, pr- pr- whenever I see people sharing, particularly in the last few months, I would see a lot of people sharing these videos that were made up to look like professional news, but are clearly, you know, and, and again, not, not that I think that ABC news and, 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 you know, NBC and all these guys have the, or, or even like New York times or any of that. It's not that I'm like, that's, but those are the mainstream. Uh, okay. So just to say like, I, Videos that are produced to look as if they are mainstream newscasts. <laughs> I know, I know. And they... people share them because they're like, "Oh, look, you see," but they are not. They are, you know, like either like MSN dot com, right? Um, I see a lot of that and, and these sorts yeah. of things. Um, even I feel like Newsweek has become that. Um, Newsweek sort of... has become that. Well, not as extreme that it's like totally unhinged, but yeah, I my feelings on Newsweek, I'm really realizing the bias that's there. Um, 
so uh, here's another example is when I was doing the research of, of making that video, uh, the second hindsight 2020 video. And I was looking, I remembered living through this time where everyone's talking about like Obama as this Jesus figure. He's either the Jesus figure or he's the antichrist, you know, so he's, but he's still this mythological figure. And I like remembered all these like images and all this whatever. And I go to like start collecting those images to make uh, a, a video montage. And I noticed that a lot of these images are coming from Newsweek. Like who, who you know, and they're not, they're not the only ones. But like, oh, here's Alex Jones. Here's uh, Westboro Baptist Church. You know, obviously. But, but here's Newsweek. Oh, here's another Newsweek. Here's another Newsweek. Here's another Newsweek. So now when I see that I've seen the reopen sort of movement posting multiple articles from Newsweek, I'm looking at it through that lens. And I'm like, oh, I always thought of that as a, I don't know, a more mainstream publication, um, you know, just some some more, you know, more middle of the road as far as like... Uh, political bias or, or anything uh, just looking into it no it's like uh me too i thought newsweek was totally just center but um so it looks like they're owned by the washington post company from 1961 to 2010 then from 2010 to, th to 13 it was newsweek daily beast company um, there so you connected go with the daily beast but now it's ibt what is this IBT, International Business Times. Ah, yeah, so it's... Yeah, it's definitely taken that. Look, it's what I'm saying. Like, there's a turn that it takes and, and realizing that it... it I'm seeing what they, where they were in the Obama time and it's a very... It's a very curious thing to figure out if that was always sort of their leaning and that they were... So in a way, you can, like uh, Alex Jones would do this. InfoWars also posts a bunch of images with Obama with um, Halo or Crown of Thorns or As Jesus, all these things. But basically, they're doing it to make people angry, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, look, it's as, he thinks he's fucking, he thinks he's better than Jesus. You know, don't you hate him? And it's like, well, we could have been doing that same thing. Um, or that their as their owners change, their politics change. So you know, yeah, regardless, looks, looks like that happened. Yeah. So they're affiliated. This this IBT is affiliated with this uh, Olivet University or Olive University, which is an evangelical assembly of Presbyterian churches in America. Mm. Uh, weird, yeah. So I was I was wondering about Newsweek because just recently there was this kind of bombshell story out of Newsweek about Fauci's organization mm -hmm. um, funding uh, up to millions of dollars this uh, this lab in Wuhan um, to produce gain of function in coronaviruses. Correct. Uh, yeah. Which, which nobody is, which denied. Is, which is fascinating. Which is nobody fascinating. denied. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. It was fascinating that it came out in Newsweek. You know, it's like that was it was a weird thing about it. Um, 
but that yeah to me that that story makes sense you know i think that's probably something like that was going on that uh it seems it seems as if there was a uh um chinese and americans of some like who knows who who they actually were were sort of working together to create a stronger virus um so then the question is did they intentionally release it or not um and i don't know about that uh but it does seem that seems to make sense although who knows it could just be completely natural still you know it's weird enough that it could be completely natural like the the whole bat shit pangolin story could be true as well yeah, and i i believe you said you you lean towards the the laboratory i mean from the beginning it's like i i'm a big believer in synchronicity but like that's really close to a fucking you know like hey here's a laboratory that's working with this and it just not for it to naturally occur in the same neighborhood where they're engineering it is that would be a hell of a synchronicity yeah yeah <laughs> um anyways I, I, I feel we i derailed you somehow that you were talking about newsweek because you were saying that all these images oh i'm just to say that like it's funny when we talk about like using mainstream articles as the sort of proof, but then you sort of, or, or and even just like as the bar. So you are sharing videos that look professional, right? Um, so, so sharing this MSN.com and like, oh, did you think that was MSNBC or did you think that, you know, what, what did you think that was? Uh, which you even when you say mainstream news is MSN, right? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I see I see that site get shared a lot. I see um, it's just really interesting to me uh, whenever I see oh here's these doctors who are speaking out, and then you look and it's like okay, this is produced to look like someone's really had them on primetime newscast, but they didn't. Um, yeah. and and again I. As a here's the thing, as a conspiracy theorist, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying again, it's like a lack of consistency in standards of information. So, like, oh, here's the here's this article that reinforces my theory or my bias or my belief or whatever. Then I'm going to say that it's true, no matter who the source is from. Here's the thing that I disagree with. I'm going to say it's false, regardless of who it comes from. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I. I'm more and more thinking that everything is uh, Sirkovian. You know this guy, Vladislav yeah. Sirkov, um, sort of like a Putin advisor. Who, he, he's the guy who sort of came up with this idea of just just push bullshit on either side, so nobody knows. Oh, what did you the say he's a basic a performance artist, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. So he's, there's a documentary by Adam Curtis about his ideas. Um, um, so I think that's what's happening, you know. Like that's definitely what Russia seems to be doing. 
but I think that's happening all countries all over the place now. Um, just to to muddy the water completely, so so nobody knows what the hell's going on. And it's pretty effective because I look around and I can see that no one knows what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, what like is the, the Adam Curtis documentary called? You know, is that um, 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 sure what the documentary is called? Uh, well, what's uh, sorry? What is the guy's name? I want to look him up. Surkov, yeah. So it's. S S U R K O. Is this hypernormalization? Yeah, it could be. Seven six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vladimir Surkov. Yeah. Okay. Hypernormalization. Found it. Odierism, I think, is the documentary. Short short film examining the global events of 2014 to reveal. A chaotic morass, the reporting of which is increasingly difficult to comprehend in the context of the 24-hour news cycle and the internet special feature on Russian Vladislav Surkov. Cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's excellent stuff. I... Cool, yeah. So, so then, then this whole idea that, uh, like, Trump was supported by the Russians or whatever, the whole Russian conspiracy thing. Um, in a way, he was, you know. But the thing was, they were supporting everybody. Like, they were supporting Bernie Sanders. They were supporting, they were supporting any, uh, any, any dissident group in the U.S. To, to just sort of fracture everything and, and muddy the waters. Um, so people say people say like RT is fascist, but it's not fascist. Um, like they allow people like Chris Hedges to get a show there. Um, you know, like uh, like really sort of left wing people to also have a show there. Um, and then you and then you have like nine eleven truth people on there, like kind of. Oh yeah, they people. had a bunch of libertarian. Didn't um, oh, but uh, yeah. Um, I want to say, didn't Adam Adam Kokesh? Did he have a show on Russia Today? Or he, yeah, he could have. Um, I think. Uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember. That one sort of uh, professor Fetzer. I think Fetzer was on RT at one point. Um, but uh, yeah, so if you look into that, it's RT is just <laughs> just in general. They're just trying to. Uh, Polarized. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Adam Kokesh. I don't know if you know who he, who he is. Uh, I, th but, I think so. He uh, wanted to start this uh, this huge freedom fighter movement himself, right? Like, uh, correct. Yeah. So he was an um, uh, an Iraq War veteran who um, comes home and becomes this libertarian anti-war activist. Uh, I think he uh, he ran for public office. Um, he, former TV show host for RT and radio host, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. So, um, I mean, that I mean, he was as blatantly libertarian as, you know, you can get. Um, oh, here's an auto just Googled 
uh, Adam Kokesh, Russia Today, and here's an article, Who is Behind Adam Kokesh in Russia? A closer look at the Moscow-funded Russia Today television channel whose host, American Adam Kokesh, was arrested after disruption last Saturday, the Jefferson Memorial, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, so your, your point but, that to say that, right, that they'll, they'll go all sides is like, cool. I mean, again, I have sympathy for that. I remember being you know, hanging with libertarians and for the 2008 election and being, and people being like, oh, I like, um, you know, Dennis Kucinich. Sure. Yes. Great. Or I like Bernie Sanders. Sure. Great. I like Ralph Nader. Sure. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes. And yes. And yes. I'll take a fucking libertarian. I'll take a socialist. I'll take anybody who is willing to fucking do something and be honest and actually address the issues. In in that sense, I mean, like, I feel like I have no loyalty to an ideology. I want people seeking truth and demanding action. And this is not a defense of Russia, just not a blanket defense of Russia today, but it's to say that, like... I also want to ha speak with socialist libertarians, you know, people from all, all over this, the political spectrum to say it's for their point. Um, I don't, I don't sure. know if that, if that makes sense, but just to say. No, no, yeah, uh, yeah, you could say, yeah, there's that part of it too that maybe, maybe legitimately they're trying to find a, a wider spectrum of, of thought, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not but, even saying that they say they are. I'm saying that's not. It's just not inherently a bad thing. No, no, no. Yeah. I think I think with RT, it's uh, it's probably a different story. It's probably m more along the lines of what Surkov is trying to do. You know, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure he. It, I'm sure Russia is not the only government doing that. Like I'm sure the American government does the same thing in other countries, and so does the Chinese government, and so does the Israeli government. In the British government, and like uh, it, it's all happening all, all, all the time. Um, yeah, so I completely agree with you. It's not as if I'm anti conspiracy theory across the board, I'm just really wary of where it goes, you know. And then the effort that it takes to look into all of these things. Um, could be better spent being creative or organizing or <laughs> all kinds of different things, you know. Uh, just being creative, you know, like trying to trying to uh, trying to create a, a different narrative that doesn't involve any of these things as far as possible, or if it does, just being skeptical towards towards every side. Um, but. Uh, but especially there's a way of looking into art and into music and into literature where no matter where these artists are coming from and what they are affiliated with, if if their art is actual art, it's speaking to some deeper thing. Um, and that's that for me is what I want to tap into. Uh, I, I support that completely, and um, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation, so I'm hesitant to sort of turn it back to a sort of 
grounded, but part of that is, you know, trying to not only encourage, I don't know, just thinking on all these ideas, um, but providing good information. And that's, I think, sort of, you, you, like you were talking earlier about the um, Ezra Pound stuff, and it's like, that's in your book. Um, mm. You know, I, um, you know, one of the the chapter headings I want to, you know, use there is focused on, literally on Pound's words about his suburban prejudice and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, I think just addressing the the history of it as well as continuing to monitor who's saying what these days. Um, that sort of double-edged one-two punch of like being like, hey, this has been like this for a while. This is what happens when you try this. Like literally, you know, it's like looking at a historical record and be like, okay, well, yeah, and, you know, usury is a problem or, you know, studying these conspiracies, I'm with you. But this is what happens when you let that consume you in this way. Um, or if you make deals with right-wing douchebags because you think they they get you on conspiracies. Um, so, ultimately, um, you know, that's why I'm still doing this sort of stuff. I don't, I don't, there are some days that really don't know kind of what the fucking point is anymore because I don't, I don't know who's listening and I feel like there's just... <laughs> It's it's a pretty mad fucking time, but um, you'd be surprised, you know. I mean, I didn't. Uh, people are still listening to these always records. People are still um, you know, watching these videos, and hopefully, people you know grab your book when it comes out, and um, all these things are good. You know, like I don't know what else to do but keep fucking trying. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. Um... Yeah, like you said, if, yeah, my whole point is is trying to look at the bigger context behind these things, and it's sometimes it's easier to to look into history um, because it's more settled than the present moment. Um, although it's not complete, it's never completely settled. It's like uh, a lot of it is swept away, like other perspectives are swept away. But at least uh, it gives you some sort of perspective on things yeah oh yeah absolutely that's uh it, it's it's providing the, the the context you know how the fuck do like so it's funny like doing even for myself i'm not going back as far but doing the hindsight 2020 videos i reached a point somewhere in my production where i was like Oh, you know, like really beating myself up, and I'm like, I'm so dumb. I'm just like, I'm trapped in the past, and uh, I should just fucking like move on and look forward, you know, all these sorts of things. And I'm like, that was like a brief thought, you know, but this like doubt. And I was like, no, you fucking idiot. You're <laughs> talking to myself. And it's like, how how are you going to move forward without understanding where the fuck you came from? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's brilliant what you're doing. I think it's it's totally necessary to get. Um, just, just a. It's not a complete grounding. There never is a complete grounding, but uh, at least 
at least it becomes a little bit more settled for for a bit if you know where you've come from. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, for sure, keep going with those. No, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try for sure. Um, but uh, do you do you feel comfortable? I mean, again, I'm I'm enjoying the shit of this conversation, but do you feel comfortable sort of shifting gears a little bit and oh, talking yeah. some some plans before yeah, we? we uh, we should. I get a. I get a get out sometime soon. I can't go too long, but uh, okay. All right. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's change pace here.